I'm ready when y'all are, I guess. All right, ready? Yep. All right, three, two, whatever. What's up, everybody? Episode three of the podcast to be named later, which, y'all, I have names. I know I slacked last week. I know I was terrible with my names, but I have them for you. And, you know, I, I'm I, I'm not the best with them, but hopefully y'all y'all appreciate them. Hopefully I'm, I, I need self-appreciation. Um, well, I have self-appreciation. I need uh, support. That's what I need. need affirmation. <laughs> From affirmation. Thank you. There Words you are hard. But what's up, everybody? Connor That's Gray, why how you doing? Podcast. Exactly. <laughs> how are y'all? Good, good. Everything's good. Uh, quarantine's still going strong. Good. Um, honestly, it's kind of scary how easily I've adapted to this lifestyle. Um, and I, I think it's going to be hard to come out of it, but, you know, we're, just, we're taking every day one day at a time. Yeah, it's, but Grant, it's is, those... it, is it really that hard? Like me and Connor lived with you for a year. Like I feel like <laughs> you, it doesn't sound too much out of the norm for you, Grant. Right, right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> it's barely been an, barely been an adjustment for me. And okay. <laughs> it, I, I thought you know at, at a certain point it would get old, but I just haven't really even gotten tired of it. So it's one yeah, of those things enough. where it's popular to complain about. Oh, I can't go do things. You know, like, oh, the quarantine's awful. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's really not that bad. No. Yeah. If I mean, No, it's really not bad. If you have, like, a situation where, where at least for granted, I have, like, live in a nice house with books and internet and room. Touche. Privilege. <laughs> privilege. So, That's yeah, a good point. Yeah. Privilege. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't you write a paper about white wow. privilege, Connor, in college? Um, yeah, probably. I think I did. I think you did. It was like, I think it was end of junior year, if I remember correctly. You wrote some paper about acknowledging privilege. And I thought that was really, I thought it was a good paper from what I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I've, I've written, I think it was just on topics and stuff in history classes about it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, that's a good, that's a good way to look at it. We're fortunate. We're in a good spot. We're able to have a roof over our head with Wi-Fi, internet, video games, do a podcast. So, I mean, yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not too bad. Connor, I asked you before, but for the people, your ankles, it, it's improved for, since our last episode? Oh, it's much better. I'm much closer to taking y'all's ankles pretty soon. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> is it still, is it, like, is it visibly bruised or is it still visibly swollen? Still a bit. Uh, it's not terrible, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it looks like someone just has a really fat foot. Like, I look like my right foot is a morbidly obese person, and my left foot's pretty normal. But it's much better than it was. <laughs> okay. Connor, okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll touch on this later in a later topic, but uh, I'm firmly of the belief that there are two types of basketball players, those that have shake and those who do not have shake, and you, sir, are the latter. Yes. Do you not have shake? You, you don't have shake, yeah. Connor. You've never seen me on the, on the post, then. I got eight shakes before I get go up with that shot. <laughs> you just you just take eight pump fakes. <laughs> a left shoulder and then a right shoulder shimmy me back and forth. Connor has a dream shake, I think. I think Connor's got that in his arsenal. Yeah, it's about equivalent to Marcin Gortat's though. <laughs> Connor's dream shake is ducking his head under people's arms and then going to the other side. <laughs> just putting his head in their chest and backing them up and then going up. You're not even wrong. It's that's a, the thing. Like, that's, that's actually how he plays. Grant, do you have shake? Uh, no. That is, okay. I'm, right. a, a, okay. I'm also at the latter category. Yeah, yeah. Well, are, I think all three of us are uh, at the we'll, latter we'll talk, category. We'll talk about this later. Oh, that's actually a pretty decent name for a podcast. For, since the three of us don't have shake, uh, I think that could be turned into a decent decent name. No yeah, shake we'll and bake? Brains, brainstorm on that. Yeah, no shake and bake. That's not bad. I actually, yeah, that's not a bad one. We can add on to the list. Um, but okay. All right. I, I have suggestions. Tell me what you think. And I have reasonings for most of them, but all right. So my I'm first one is I have, 
I have one, two, three. I have six. All right, well, wow. That's a lot. Awesome. You're overcompensating for something. <laughs> no, well, like, y'all, y'all had the names the first two episodes, and I didn't have jack shit, really, and I felt yeah. bad. Yeah. I felt like I let y'all down. So I really went into the researching and really understanding what a good name would be. And I, I hope I hope it comes out with something decent. So, all right. So the first one is, we all know the famous who's on first skit, right? But the less the less lesser known phrase is what's on second. And I think that would be a decent name that's still sports related, but it's not like, you know, we're kind of under the radar, but we're still valued and we could rise to the prominence of who's on first. But probably not. <laughs> probably never ever reached that similar level of prominence. Like, all but right, I like that. I like the premise of that. I think that's a one think small issue. One small issue that is at its heart an extremely racist skit. So what are you talking about? Let's just consider Wait, that. I've Who's never on heard first? of that before. Like all the names are just like Asian names. No, it's not a like racist. Stereotypical Wait, Asian names. Really? Great, you're making this racist. <laughs> I think no, you're that's, reaching. Is that not, I've never is, heard of this in my life. Who's it's on absolutely first? What's on second? I don't know. Was I don't care? I don't know who's on third. I don't think I've heard that third part before. It's just I've like the whole skit. Like, it's like it's questions. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, but I, it's like who's on? No, who's on first? Who's on first? No, who's on first? No, what's on, what's on second? Isn't that what it is? Isn't that what the what, skit is? I'm thinking. What is not else. even a name for? But what, any yeah, nation. Okay. whatever. We're cutting this part out. <laughs> no, no, I think the, no, we're not. The people need to hear your hypothesis on this, this, this skit. Right. But that's one of them. Okay, I still like boxing one. You already really know yeah. my reason for that one. Um, this one was kind of a throwaway, but I still added it. Buzzer beater pod, just because I liked the way it sounded. I think the buzzer beater pod, just the way it sounded, I thought was nice. Then the last three are more related to us. So, this is my personal favorite. Who's the little brother? Because I know that you, Connor, and Grant have been have that great debate between the two of you of who is the little brother between y'all, and uh-huh. um, I think that would be a, a cute name um, because I, I just think that'd be good. That's a good name and topical for the three of us. Um, we v three because we'll tell the obvious in- answer. Well, okay, go ahead, it's, Grant. It's, it's, it's too obvious of an answer. Let's start off. Go ahead, Grant. Connor. Connor is the little brother, and that's it. Ah, so okay. It's, Connor, response? We need something that has a little more, you know, I don't Lions know, do not pay to attention it. to the opinions of sheep, Grant. <laughs> 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 so we'll not even <laughs> validate that statement. <laughs> Someone's been See, watching Succession. And that is why I think that's a good name. But... <laughs> Uh, we v three is another one I like because we all live in West Village. We're three of us, obviously. I think that's a good one. And then the third one is you more said related. We we v three. Yeah, we v three. Okay. Yes. Okay. Then the, the last one, the last one is a short six two. Because last episode we talked about how um, y'all are tall people and I'm six two, but that's actually short compared to all of you. And that's actually tall. Six two is like it's above average for sure. For males in this world, so but it's short with y'all, so I think that's a short, not the worst. A short thing. six two plus two. Okay, that's good. We can add that on. A short or, six two plus two. I I liked your uh, first one a lot actually. Really? Outside of Grant's cancel culture, cancel whatever thing. It, what's the first cancel culture. Cancel, cancel culture. Cancel yeah, cancel culture. culture. You like what's on second? Yeah, I liked what's on second. Okay, okay, great. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like y'all to do some more digging into that and and come back and prove to me that that is not <laughs> completely just based on racism. <laughs> okay, well, all right. Well, I, I don't. Uh, Grant says he has a doozy of one, so I'll go with mine next and let Grant and Grant come up with say his idea last. But uh, okay, my one is for this week is uh, three milkshakes with fries, comma please. You know, it's like three dudes go to a diner having a conversation on sports. Three milkshakes oh, okay. fries, please. Okay. You like that? I'll, okay. I, I, I'm not against it. I like it. I think yeah, that's a can we spell out? Can we spell out long. comma the way you did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't say, can actually say comma? <laughs> yeah, I might add something to it. For some like, reason, that's a very – it sounds really poetic. I like it, Connor. I, I, think, it, I think it sounds very, very nice. Thank you, thank you. It's kind of long. It is long, but I like the way it sounds. Yeah. I like the way it sounds. All right, Grant, your turn. 
It's mine. All right. Um, so I just read uh, The Big Short. And Connor, you've read that, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Okay. Uh, after reading it, I'm pretty sure Michael Lewis is the best nonfiction author of his generation because he is just talking about credit default swaps and um, collateralized debt obligations. And I only understand, I only understand like 40% of it, but <laughs> God damn, if it isn't so interesting and just like a page turner, it's a very good book. Uh, so with that being said, uh, my name idea is the big sport. Um, and I've already come up with, Okay. A mock-up of what our, our podcast image logo thing could be. Um, I'm going to share this my screen with y'all and show it to y'all real quick. And also, I think we could, we could have a segment that were, uh, would be buy, sell, or short. <coughs> and we would just, it would be, you know, come with wow. takes. Segments. And we buy, sell, or short those takes. Um, here, let me show y'all this image. I know this is a, not a visual medium but I think it, <laughs> it might might be useful to y'all we'll describe it to the people actually you know what i don't even have it on my computer I oh my god Photoshop. but the, the basic premise is that it's um it's like a, a stock board it's a um is that what it's called a stock board am i am i by uh am i messing that up you know it's it's i don't a, i don't, a list I of don't all know the, these things so you know like the at the Stock exchange, they have a big board with all the stocks and their prices and stuff. Yeah, right. And whether whether up and down and stuff. So instead of the stocks, we have um, all the leagues. So we have NFL, NBA, MLB. So those are the stocks, and they have you know up or down next to them, and and it, it just looks like a stock board. So that's that's the premise of it. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I think I I need to see the. The design because I'm not super. It's not, it doesn't look great because I created it in Google Docs, but <laughs> but it, it's just a mock-up. It could it could ins- we could hire someone and they could do a lot better job. The the premise sounds nice. If our brand expands, if our brand expands in what way? Like if we're if our stuff expands from you know our podcast gets bigger, we start writing articles and all that. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I don't know. Okay, those I like the idea. I like it. The big sport. Think about it. I mean. Okay, we'll that's we'll it. we'll table it, and uh, we'll come back to it. Come back to it next time. Next time. Great. This was not the reaction I was hoping. For. <laughs> 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 no, it's really good. I I appreciate it. I think it's a good name. I think it's a good name, and you have a, a strong premise, and I like the reoccurring segment aspect of it too. Except we're already liable for me by admitting that it's a copy from the Big Short. I don't think it is. I don't think Francis, you're you're the you're in the law school. I don't yeah, think that yeah. is at all. I think I think we would be okay. It's okay. okay. It's it, yeah. it, it doesn't it, as long as it's not literally the big short, I think we're okay. Yeah. It is the big sport. <laughs> yeah. I think we're okay. All right. That's not it's not bad. Not bad, Grant. I like the name. Connor, do, do you like it? What are your thoughts? Um I think we'll have to table discussion until next time. We'll see what happens. Okay. All right, I guess like another episode goes by and still don't have a freaking name, but uh, at least we have more suggestions, and you know we'll uh, we'll talk to talk to people who listen to the podcast, the very few people who do listen to the podcast, but uh, see if they have any suggestions as well. Connor, you can ask your parents. I can ask my parents, um, who could be, you know, insightful people. I'm sure your parents could have some good names. You know, uh, you know what our parents would call it. What happened to our children? <laughs> is this what we paid for? <laughs> they might just call it, is this what we paid for? Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad either, actually. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. We have decent names and objections. We'll table them, think about it, let it marinate, and come back to it next episode. And hopefully we'll, ha- we'll have a name then. Um, but, you know, since since the last show we did, that was our first episode post-corona with all this things going on across this whole planet and it's been around two weeks with no nba and i don't know about y'all but really with no sports period but it's been like some of the longest two weeks of all time like i feel like march has been the longest month of my life what about y'all don't y'all feel like march has gone by super slowly Uh, there it is i'm I'm showing all the image (laughs) sorry sorry to interrupt but there it is listening grant's going back to his (laughs) 
I name idea by showing us. The I got image. it. I got it. Oh, okay. So you, now y'all, now y'all seen it. All right. So y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyways, continue. March. Okay. March feels like forever. Sorry. Yeah, I just, I mean, how, what, what do y'all think? I feel like March has been the longest month of all time. Uh, it's been all right. I, one of the things, like I brought up last time, it was nice that shows and uh, applications are allowing us to watch a lot of old sporting events, like TV. Uh, even just, I think yesterday or two days ago, ESPN ran a Nadal versus Federer all day long TV mm. event of just all their matches, which is pretty cool. Couldn't and you then, do a Nadal Federer Wimbledon final? That would be all day long. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> that six hour final they had. Yeah. And then, uh, and then with like, the league pass doing all their old games, giving access to. So you can still find sports. It's just, uh, just that missing March Madness is so sad, is the main yeah. thing. Have you watched any of the old games, like you said, Connor? I have. I watched uh, the Celtics, Lakers, Bird versus Magic, and then I watched a bit of a Bill Russell Celtics versus Oscar Robinson. Ooh. And then watched LeBron James's uh, game against the Pistons. Yeah, where he took over. Yeah. 2005. Yeah. So what did you think? That was a classic one. For the LeBron th- game, that one really is. Uh, people always use this as kind of as a cliche. It's like, oh, it's a he play, it's a video game. He's putting up video game numbers, but it was a video game, not of the numbers even, but just the way it was played. Where in video games, if you're not good at a video game and you, it's like all you do is if you find someone who's faster than the other team, that you just kind of like keep running them around until they get past people. You know? Yeah. You know, you right. kind of play that way. Is that like just, Mike, he just, Mike Vick? Yeah, that's all he did in the actual game was just like keep on running. And he was just getting until he got past people. We kept moving around until he got past people. But it, it wasn't like all these like moves and there was nice finishes, but it wasn't all these crossovers and moves and stuff. It was just keep going around because they can't keep up with you. Uh, and then for this, the Celtics and Lakers, uh, pleasantly surprised by how, how good that was, how quality that was. Really? It was just a very different game. Uh, people would, when they kick out, the guy would be two feet inside the three-point line instead of at the three-point line. Right. Um, but Larry and Magic both impressed. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar also takes up so much attention, but just the whole time the pack is the paint is packed. Everyone, everyone was in was is with them with like six feet of the thing. So I can't imagine trying to drive there. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. There might value people who were better finishers back in the day because the paint was so much more packed, so it had to yeah. be much harder to finish at the rim. Much, their players are much better about hiding the ball. Uh, at least the big players are. Of hiding the ball from defenders, of using their body in the way, which is the, you don't see as many bigs as skilled with that these days. What do you mean by hiding the ball, Connor? Just with their using their body to kind of shield the defender and like putting the ball to the side, that type of thing. Okay. Yeah. So like you won't have the little guy trying to swipe down or yeah, and there's no behind. like bringing the ball down or after a right. rebound or anything like that. Right. The classic yeah. things that coaches tell tall people: keep the ball high. Yeah. And, you know, keep it above your head. Okay, so would you say the game was more fundamentally sound back then? No, not even that, but just different aspects are more sound because more of the game was uh, focused on that. So the big men, I think, were more fundamentally sound than they are today in that sense. Okay, okay, I can see that. I can see that. Grant, how have you been coping with the, the lack of lack of things? Um, You know, it's just... I don't think it's been that slow. It's kind of weird. Just usually when you, you let a day just kind of slip by and it's, it's just gone, you're like, oh man, you know, that was my Saturday. Now I just got Sunday and like basically it's Monday already. But at this point, you know, it's just the same thing every day. Every day is just slipping by. Yeah. So you don't even feel really sad that the day is almost over because you're like, oh, I'm just going to wake up and do the same thing tomorrow. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, so it's a weird feeling. I don't think it's been necessarily slow because you find ways to stay busy all day. And I don't know, once you get past those first few days, it just becomes a normal routine kind of. Uh, but yeah, I mean, not having March Madness is just going to be the saddest. It's going to make this year so much more sad. I don't know. It's that's just something that you look forward to probably more than anything, probably more than Christmas that I look forward to every year. <laughs> Um, so yeah I mean that, that's that's the hardest thing for me and the Masters too because yeah. uh, the Masters are just it's just it's just spring when the Masters come it's just yeah. oh, it's gorgeous just gorgeous watching that on TV it's just yeah. beautiful weather every year 
And it's just like, oh, it's springtime. <laughs> it's always such a good tournament, too. I, I mean, obviously Tiger won last yeah. year, but it's usually just a really good tournament with a lot of big names competing for a really big, I mean, the biggest title in golf, in my opinion. I mean, we, we, we talked about it all the time. We rehashed it a lot, like losing the Masters, losing March Madness, losing the NBA playoffs, potentially NBA finals, you know, no the rest of the NBA season. It sucks. You know, the ML, no, no baseball, you know, MLB season got got suspended Connor have you heard anything about um restarting the MLB season I feel like they're in a different place because they can just restart it or not even restart it they can just start it you know in the future and then not affect perhaps yeah, the they, season they they'll start it, they will have a season they'll just start it later the only thing that's weird or difficult about baseball compared to basketball is that uh is that once it gets a certain temperature outside you really can't keep playing baseball that's true. So they do have a time limit of when they knew to. They do need to have that finished by. Yeah. Uh, unless they were willing to just move all the teams down to Florida or Arizona or something, but. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like, and we'll touch on this a little bit later, but I think with the lack of sports and all these canceled seasons, um, it's going to affect scheduling for I think the rest for the foreseeable future at the very least and maybe forever. You know, it's it's hard to imagine, for me, and again we'll talk about it later. It's hard to imagine. Say the NBA season were to start up back in October and have playoffs end in November or December, it's hard for me to. I don't know. It's 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 hard for me to think that they're gonna just gonna start the season again, um, at the same time next season. I, I just I, I struggle with that because the timeline will be thrown off with the draft and free agency. And I just the whole timeline would be thrown off. So I struggle thinking that they'd be able to just pick pick it back up at the same time. But who knows? Maybe they would. Maybe they don't. But you know, like I said, we'll get we'll get to that later. Um, but speaking of the NBA and their their possibilities of what they'll do, did y'all hear about what the Chinese Basketball Association is doing with perhaps just putting teams like basically in a bubble, having them play in in cities that are. Um, not as affected by the by the by the virus and having them basically just like live together eat stay together just them play basketball with obviously no fans but have you all heard about that possibility yeah it's, heard a little bit about it yeah but do you it's think, interesting because the whole nba of course is watching that fury like uh, just so passionately right now to see how that works out and yeah. uh i hope it works out because i would love to see like a real lives version of the nba of them all just living together. And if we could get some house cameras going on in there, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a reality t- TV show. It would turn yeah. into like Big Brother for basketball. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't yeah, think that, that apparently Big... Speaking of Big Brother, I heard that apparently the cast is in the Big Brother house right now. Like no idea what's happening outside. That like, They're completely cut I off. I did hear the about world, that. So, yeah, so they, like they're going to cut... They found out, out like a week like, ago, oh, right? Oh, they did. They found yeah, out the, now. Yeah. That's so other, other, like, re, other reaction videos or anything? I haven't seen anything. Uh, rejected, but <laughs> that's, that's I mean, so that's wild. Insane. Yeah, yeah, that's so wild. I mean, I, it would it would it's a really weird. It'd be a weird proposition, but you know, at this point, it seems like that's the only possibility. I mean, they'd have to put teams in. Like I, I've, I've read an article on ESPN, and they're. Some ideas would be they'd put teams in Vegas where they can have they'd have a bunch of possible arenas where you can play games in. Um, you just convert a big space into a basketball court, and there you go. Um, or the Bahamas, where they've already held basketball tournaments in the Bahamas. Um, maybe like a college campus in the Midwest, you know, just where there aren't a lot of COVID cases there. Um, but you know, what are your thoughts on these options? Do you think that? It would be worth doing. Do you think we should even finish the season, or should we, you know, just say, okay, screw it, no twenty twenty champion, let's just move on. We'll start a new in October or November on the normal schedule. What do y'all thought? What do y'all think about that? Um, well, I have a couple questions about it. Um, first, would would every player, like every single player, have to agree to this, or yeah, are are they are they being forced to do it? And if you don't do it, then like, okay, you're just you're not getting paid. Yeah, that's a good and, point. And our and our families in their court would be they be in quarantine with them? Yeah. Uh, they so, would yes, not that's need a really every point. player 
they would not need every player to agree. I think it's just the same thing with similar to the NF. I think it's similar to the way NFL just voted on their new CBA. player agreement where they just yeah. have to get enough for them to agree, maybe a majority or 60% or something, whatever the number yeah. is, but they don't all have to okay. agree to it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and fam- families, do y'all know about families? Would they, I mean, because are you going to force kids to be in this or are you going to be forced them families to separate like this kind of? I don't know. No, that's a good point. Have y'all, have, you, have y'all heard anything about it? I don't know. No, not from that aspect. I don't think they've worked that out yet. Yeah, I haven't heard <laughs> anything. Curious, curious if you're doing an anonymous poll, uh, ask the players what percent would wish to be with their families and which, which, what percent would not want to be with their families during that. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of NBA guys who are just big family guys. But, yeah, they're yeah. definitely ones who are, who are like, yeah, get me out of that. <laughs> well, I kind of like a, have a baby mama or something. And just, or my dad you know. would for sure choose to go play sports with his friends and not have us <laughs> <Yeah>. around. <laughs> yeah, your dad for sure. <laughs> um, but so my thought on it based on like the timing is that there's definitely a certain point where it's just like, okay, if it's going to be starting up in November, maybe even October, then it's just kind of too late. We There's no... Now you're talking about kind of affecting the scheduling mm-hmm. for the for the, not next year, but the year after that, if you're getting that late. Right. Um, so I think if they can start it up by August or September, it seems like a go for it. But if they're starting up October, November, I don't know. You just kind of got to call it a wash, in my opinion. Connor? Uh, no, I think you got to finish the season. I think you need whatever it is. First off, I think the regular season, just throw it away at this point. I, gotta, I don't care to watch the last 10 regular season games, 15 regular season games. Yeah. Uh, if that means the Pelicans or someone else gets maybe cheated out of a final playoff spot, then you should have had a better better start to the season than you did, so good luck next year uh and just go to go straight to the playoffs if you need a shortened series even to maybe a five game until the nba yeah. finals and then do that but is it no it seems wrong to go this far and not finish it off even if you just change the schedules for later yeah i agree with that and i think they would shorten the series for sure but then you're getting into the problem and i, I don't think they should have a regular season but you're getting into the problem of having you know however long it's going to be five months off and going straight into the playoffs, intense playoff playoff basketball. Yeah. And that's just going to lead to a bunch of injuries. Like people are not, their bodies are not ready. You cannot do anything yeah. in the off season. That's going to simulate NBA basketball. Yeah. Like the right. regular so, season would. Yeah. You need to work in a couple of weeks of getting back into shape and running with your team, I guess, but, but there, there's <laughs> nothing you can simulate. There's nothing you can do in practice. that's going to simulate a full NBA game and, and a full slate of, you know, a week of NBA games. Yeah. And so that it's just going to lead to a bunch of it. There's going to be a bunch of injuries if that happens. And I think that they'd have to come to this decision well in advance. Like it can't be it can't be August and say, "Okay, we're starting in September." Like you said, cuz you need to give teams time to get back into the flow of things, get players give players time to get back up their conditioning, their training, and to both of y'all's points, I think that there should be like a 10 like a 10 game regular season end of the regular season. Um, and I think you need that time frame to ease into playoff basketball and to the, the grind of, a, of playoff basketball. Um, I do think series should be, should be shortened, especially in the first round. Maybe even do like best out of three first round, then best out of five, then best out of seven for the Western Eastern Conference Finals and then the NBA Finals, maybe something like that. But, you know, I, I think we should finish the season um, – you know, I thought Rachel Nichols brought up a good point. I saw her talk. I heard her talk about it, and you know, for a lot of a lot of superstars that are kind of older, like a, like a Chris Paul, you know, or even a, or even LeBron, you know, for a lot of these older guys who are still really good, who they thought that this season would be different. You know, they thought this their 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 window for any success is very small, um, and this was a season for them to perhaps take advantage of that closing window especially you know especially like a LeBron um and speaking of him I heard that he was you know he was against the whole idea of playing playing closed doors without fans like he was very against that idea and as much as I love LeBron I think that's really I think that's a ridiculous thing to say because I I totally understand that basketball without without fans is 
it's a different sport. Sports without fans is just totally different. I mean, it's weird. I bet there were some soccer games that were played without fans, and I bet that was just a weird environment. But this is bigger than this is bigger than basketball. I mean, this is bigger than playing any sport at any point in time. This is a global pandemic that needs to be properly taken care of. And while we do want to see sports, I think the I think players should frankly own up to the fact that they have to do whatever is necessary to keep people healthy and safe while also trying to provide people the sports that we're craving. You know, if they want to keep playing sports and they want to finish this regular season and come have an NBA champion, they have to do what is necessary and playing without fans is a necessary thing. There's no way you can there's no way we can fit 15,000 people in an, in a closed space at this time and you you just can't do that. And you know, people like LeBron, NBA athletes or athletes in general, they got to suck it up, I think. You know, they they can't they can't have that opinion of oh, this is ridiculous. It seems bad to play without fans, but you've got to, you know, I, you've got to do it. Um but I do think there should. I, th- I think they should finish. I think it should be like October, November. You know, ten game regular season, go into the playoffs, and you know, see what happens. But if that's the case, guys, do you think that there should be an asterisk to the champion, or do you think they'll devalue the season? Or what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it'll be the same as a lockout season. It'll be. I mean, we don't really look back and be like, oh, that team didn't win the championship necessarily because it was a lockout season. We just kind of think, oh, that was a shortened lockout season. So just be, it'll uh, be considered the same way as that. Yeah, yes, there's an asterisk, but it's not really like we look back and devalue that so much just because of that. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't, well, I don't think there's be an asterisk at all. Uh, if you win a championship, you win a championship. They've played enough games for the, for it to be for it to mean something at this point, so... I think it'd be weird if, like, if baseball only plays a one-month-long regular season and then tries doing a playoffs. That's a different story because that's a di- whole different thing. But we've done enough now to say that we know who's had a great season. We know who's put in all this work and effort to, if they eventually crown someone, that they do deserve it. Yep, I I, I think I, I do agree with you all too. It's I think that the season it shouldn't be regarded any differently. I mean, we'll look back. You know, granted, we're lucky to be alive 20, 30 years from now. But we'll look back and say, wow, so that was a season that, you know, changed basically everything. Um, and on top of on top of that change in scheduling, you know, we'll, we're going to talk about the draft in a second. But this is probably going to affect free agency and maybe affect um, how teams value certain players because uh, we don't get to we don't get to see um, the rest of the rest of the season and how they finish off a year, you know, like I heard uh, about the Pacers and Oladipo and how they're, they haven't talked about a contract extension for him yet. But, you know, I say he was already just starting to come back and play decent basketball. And now how are they going to enter contract negotiations in this sense with this shortened season? And we already knew this free agency class wasn't going to be that good. So it's like, I think this whole entire thing is going to really affect a lot of things. Um, you know, what did the 76ers do, you know, after uh, if because Ben Simmons is probably going to be back if they start the playoffs, you know, but what if they lose in the first round in a kind of a crapshoot best out of three series, you know, to whoever? What do they do? You know, I, I think this could change a lot of things. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, contract extensions are going to be hugely affected. I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be really hard for teams to make these decisions based on know just kind of a incomplete grade that this season is so i don't know i don't know where they're going to put their value in if the playoffs come back and they put their value in that short little playoffs they're going to put their value in the whole regular season they saw their guys either play well or not play well you know they just it's going to be a really hard decision for those teams yeah and imagine if imagine (laughs) i think they'll uh, be fine (laughs) i think think it'll be fine i think yeah i think gms and stuff have enough tape on people to know who they like and who they don't like at this point no, but I mean, I think the Sixers are a good example because you're trying to decide. They have a lot of big decisions coming up, and they're trying to decide: do we keep both of these guys, or do we build around one of them? And which one do we build around if we're just building around one of them? So, I think they're the biggest example. And Old Depot is another huge example. When you have at least two other guys outside of him, and Malcolm Brogdon and Sabonis, that 
are seem like they're franchise pieces just for the future, right? Mm-hmm. And Noble Deepa, you don't you don't know he's had one incredible year in his career, and he's had a lot of injuries, and you you don't really know which player yeah. he is, and so they've got a big decision. They would have had a little bit more of a season to figure that out, and maybe nothing would have really changed. I don't know, but it's in these front offices, you know, these guys are. They're not just thinking, oh, it's going to be fine. They're debating this every day, and, and it's it's a hard decision for them. And how will it affect you know how will it affect the Bucks, Leo, and Giannis's looming free agency? Because this is supposed to be, as we talked about in our first podcast, the best Bucks team probably ever, and a team that could generally win the NBA title. And what if that they they you know the conditioning things change, conditioning changes or whatever, whatever, and due to these all these circumstances that. They don't win the title. They don't make it out the East, and Giannis is unhappy with the team. Does he, is that is the Bucks not winning a title this year? Is that a reason for Giannis to be unhappy and perhaps leave Milwaukee? You know, I, I I do think it goes a lot deeper than oh, like they have tape and they they know things, sure. But I think it goes a lot deeper than that because at the end of the day, we still value results. But when these results can be can have an asterisk next to the results, that can throw off a lot of things. And especially in the minds of top-level NBA executives, um, so you know, I, I I do think it could have a big could have a potential change, um, you know, for for teams evaluating a lot of things moving forward. Um, and speaking, you know, speaking of evaluating, Connor, you um, was it you were you one of you Grant or Connor brought up the change in the MLB draft in our group message? I forgot. Was it you, Grant? It was Connor. Connor, Connor. So if you want to, you know, if you want to, obviously Connor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying attention to that. <laughs> He's because he is the he is the draft guy. But Connor, I know you had some things to talk about um, draft wise. So you know, what do you, what are your thoughts on how the you know drafts are already crapshoots? But you know, what are your thoughts on how this could really affect um, MLB's draft coming up? So for the MLB, it's interesting because for well for this year's draft class, there's three names already on the top of the board that people are like, All right, it's going to be these three guys. And, and then after that, we'll see what happens to this season. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is that, so I guess, it, I guess if you're one of those three players, the, the cancel of the season, your college season was the best thing that could have possibly happened to them. Cause now they don't have a bad year and there's going to be a top right. three either, either way. Right. But it is one of those things like, what are you going off of? If you're a talent evaluator and you don't have that most recent year of stuff, cause Players have usually gained a bunch of uh, muscle, gotten better shape in a year's time. You don't know if someone's added a new pitch or someone's all of a sudden added power. And so it's going to be interesting to see if 10 years down the line, if this one's, uh, if people did worse than the, on this year's MLB draft than they, do, than they did on any other year. And it's an important draft for me as well as an Orioles fan that they do get a good player out of it. So, <laughs> God, we, we need some talent. It'd be a shame if we wasted it on someone that we never got to really see in the field and thus had a bad pick. But, Do they have the uh, first pick? They have the first pick, right? They have the second pick. So, second. I, mean, I guess they're going to choose one of the three guys, but uh, that's supposed to be up there. But you never know because, I mean, every year also seemingly on the MLB draft boards, someone who was before the season a top uh, top pick contender – has a bad year and is all of a sudden no longer a first rounder. So mm-hmm. it's much, I don't know. It's much more fickle than I think even basketball is where if you know, someone's great coming out of high school, even if they don't have a great college freshman year, they're still going to be a top 15 pick. I feel like in the, like with the, with a lot of guys, I don't know. Who's the guy for uh, who, who's from Memphis. So they went to Kentucky. Memphis went to Kentucky. Uh, the guy yeah, Scal- yeah, Scal- yeah. Scal- yeah, 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 one of your guys, like someone yeah. that was yeah. hugely regarded, had a bad year in college yeah. anyway, and still got, still got drafted, still became an NBA player. Like that doesn't yeah. really happen nearly as much with baseball. If you have a bad year, it's like okay, something's wrong with you. Yeah. So we just don't have that yeah. to review. Well, he, so. But he dropped from like a he dropped from like top two pick to like twenty eighth in that draft. So like he did, he did fall a lot. Like it yeah. affected him. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. You can drop. With like so many rounds, you could drop back to like the eighth round or yeah, whatever. Yeah, to where you're making right. like you're signing a two thousand dollar contract instead of a five yeah. million one. Right. Yeah. Or like Harry Giles, so, you know, for Duke, right? Who tore his tore his ACL or had an ACL injury but still got drafted. Tore both yeah. uh, both ACLs. I think one twice and one another time. And Jeez, the other yeah. one once. Yeah, so and he's he actually as an aside, he's become a decent NBA player, so good for him. <laughs> but, yeah, yes. 
Uh, yeah, no, that's a that's a good point, Connor. I mean, the the draft as as I said, it's already it's already freaking who knows what. I mean, you can have a bunch of scouts, a bunch of talent evaluators, but it's all it's all a guessing game. You know, it's an educated guessing game at that point. Um, and I think that I think this will really affect all the drafts. And you know, as you mentioned in the MLB, it's going to really heavily affect that. And I think it's also um, really going to hit the the NBA draft as well because you got the kind of maybe like a similar aspect with the NBA. You have three top guys, right? Grant, I know you love Anthony Edwards. Like, that's your dude. He's been your guy for a very long time. He's probably yep. the most complete and NBA, NBA-ready NBA prospect, Grant. Do you you would that... love an inefficient player. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're all inefficient. Well, James Wiseman isn't inefficient. But he, he wasn't going to be in it. I don't know. I think James Wiseman probably has the chance to be the most effective immediately. It's really hard. But those top three guys, I think, I don't know. I'm not going to go deep into the evaluation right now. So, but yeah, but sure. yes, the top three are Lamelo, James Wiseman, and Anthony Edwards. And I think that's there's some people who throw up Obi Toppin in there and um, yeah. Denny Avija in there. But those three top, those three are pretty much consistently the top three. But sorry, yeah. keep going. Yeah, like those are the top dudes. I mean, Edwards is probably the number one prospect at the moment, and then you got Lamelo Ball who only played gate 12 games in Australia before, you know, hurting his foot. So he hasn't he has he had to move back to America after that and he hasn't played the game since. And then obviously we all know about James Wiseman played only 3 games for Memphis and we're going to talk about Memphis later as well. Um so we have basically no tape on him whatsoever against other than against two crappy teams and against Oregon where he was in foul trouble for the first half and well he still put up he still put up a double double in the second half alone. Um, but you know, it's still not a lot. He has basically no tape on him. Um, so, you know, and you know, other foreign players, RJ Hampton, you mentioned Grant, Danny Avija. Um, it's, I, I think it'll really, uh, I think it'll expose a lot of GMs who don't do, you know, solid scouting for throughout the entire season. Um, because they're not, they're going to be cramming a lot of they're just going to be cramming, trying to like find intel and find film on these guys who don't have a lot of film on them. And, you know, guys like you mentioned Obi Toppin, another dude is Villanova's Sadiq Bey. If I remember looking at draft boards, that he's another guy um, who flashed some serious potential as a forward who's a really good three-point shooter. And, you know, he's another one of those Villanova prospects that's could be really good, like a McCall Bridges or an Eric Paschal who's had a good season, or Dante DiVincenzo who's actually been really good for the Bucks that not a lot of people expected. You know, he just seems to be NBA ready, um, and Obi Toppin is a stud. You know, he's had an incredible season for Dayton. So it's kind of like, do, do do those guys who have more tape on them are they going to be valued more than? one of the one and done guys, you know, who are the five-star guys coming straight out of basically after one year in college, you know, you know what, Grant, I know you, you follow college basketball very, very closely. Um, what are your thoughts on possibly, possibly the drafting, um, one of the older, older, the quote unquote older prospects, you know, than going for like a Tyrese Maxey or a Cole Anthony or one of those, you know, five-star freshmen who expected to be one and done type guys and be drafted highly. Yeah, um, I think if there was a year where not having March Madness uh, wouldn't really affect the NBA draft, this would be the year. Because, I mean, I looked at a bunch of draft boards, and depending on which one you're looking at, between 8 and 12 of the projected lottery picks were not going to be in the tournament anyways. Mm. Um, for various reasons, you know, Wiseman hasn't played all year. Lamelo and Arjun Hampton are overseas. you got other international prospects, and then you got... Precious. Um, other guy. Yeah. Other you got Anthony, Anthony is Edwards isn't, isn't in the tournament. Precious isn't isn't in the tournament, right? Um, so I don't think that's kind of a big effect. Um, as for upperclassmen, yeah, I mean it is a pretty upperclassman heavy draft, but that's just because after those three guys, I think those three guys they're not elite. They're not an elite top of a draft by any means, but I think when people say this is a really weak draft. I don't think those three guys compared to usual top three drafts are really that weak. It's not, you know, Anthony Bennett's draft class. is not like that top three. Right. It's, I do it's agree not, with that. It's not, it's, not, it's not Zion and Ja and RJ Barrett either. It's not that. And it's not, yeah. you know, Luca and 
DeAndre Ayton and, and Trey Young, Young or, or Marvin Bagley or whatever, Darren yeah. Jackson, whoever one you say, that yeah. was a loaded draft. But yeah, it's not that. But but I think those three guys are pretty you know par for the course on top three prospects. After that is where it's just weak. I mean, Obi Toppin, I like. He's a great college player. I just I, I don't know. I mean, I think he's the comparison for me is kind of he's kind of Kyle Kuzma, but he, but he's you know stronger, more athletic. He's more interior focused than Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Um, but he's, I mean, he's, he got a lot of skill, um, but he's a guy who would probably be, you know, late lottery usually. And right now, I mean, some people have him going as high as second, which yeah. probably won't happen, but he seems like he's not going to drop further than fifth or sixth, but usually he's probably 10 to 12 range. Um, so, I mean, just after those three guys, it's a really weak draft. And that's why a lot of guys, a lot of the older guys have been able to kind of climb. Yeah. And, and the guys, the guys who would be able to have risen, would have been able to rise in March Madness are more kind of late round guys. I think Tyrese Maxey, you mentioned him, but I think he was mm-hmm. the one guy I saw on the board who was like, that's the number one guy I think who could have risen up into like, you know, top 10 range from where he, where he is now, which is, you know, early to late twenties uh, because he's in the tournament and he's on a good team and he's a guy who could get, could get hot and take over that tournament. Yeah. Um, so I mean, a lot of those guys, the guys who are late first round prospects right now are the guys who could raise their stock a little bit. But in the lottery, um, you had Devin Vassell from Florida State. You got um, Sadiq Bay, like you said, and you got Obi Toppin, and those are the guys who would have been in the tournament. Yeah. And they basically seem they basically seem like they've reached the peaks already and where they can get drafted. They're not they're not going to get that much higher. Um, so I, I just don't don't think there if there was a year where it wasn't going to affect anything, this is the year. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm go ahead, Connor. I was just going to say that. We'll talk, say this for another pod for another one because we're go we're we're done a decent amount of time so far in this podcast. But I don't necessarily agree with your assessment of those three guys of those three top guys being that good. Uh, but I'm not saying they're that good. I'm just saying they're not like this, like none of them are Anthony Bennett. They're all pretty pretty good. Pro- they're all high upside prospects. Yeah. Um, sure. and, okay. Anyway, the and, point and was have gonna, reasonable floors. The thing I was really gonna say though was that. Um, is that I'm interested to see with this draft is that actually one of the things that I write a research paper on in school was, and it was interesting. Cause like the nice thing about uh, being in school is that you get access to like peer reviewed articles that you don't get to see anymore. Right. And actually seeing stuff talking about, I was doing a paper on the NBA draft and seeing a lot of articles or uh, yeah, papers talk about how the March Madness is actually uh, very bad for NBA teams mm-hmm. and their drafting. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, public safety announcement. Sorry, I just got a safety alert to stay home on my phone by my state's governor. Oh, that's a bummer. All right, anyway. (laughs) uh, So, that's saying that, like, people take into the conference tournaments in March Madness way too much value than it actually is, and that players oftentimes go high in drafts because they have a good March Madness, but really doesn't mean anything more than any other game. You should just look at their stats as the season-long stat, not like, oh, they did well in this these couple of games. And so I'm actually curious if this year's draft is going to be better than others because there is no March Madness and none of that to skew people's opinions. So another thing that we wanted, we've been wanting to discuss for a while is some of the best sports moments of the 2019-2020 season, especially considering, you know, while we haven't, we don't have any sports now, right? But we have had some... So we have had a good sports season so far, some really incredible moments, and uh, I'm I'll go first and I'll I'll make it I'll be as brief as I can. And I got so I got three sports moments that aren't maybe maybe aren't as well known, but and also I only chose these because I watched them happen myself and I was just enthralled the entire time seeing how incredible these moments were. So the first one I have was uh, Coco Goff, the 15-year-old American tennis player from Atlanta, Georgia, when she upset the third-seeded Naomi Osaka in the Australian Open. Um, that was insane. I mean, now, first of all, Naomi Osaka is amazing in her own right. I mean, she, she beat Serena Williams in the 2018 U.S. Open final as a 20-year-old and was already, like, the next women's tennis star, and she was even ranked yeah. the number one player in the world. Like, she's insane, an already insane player. And then entering the Australian Open... She was seeded third, and I'm assuming I'm assuming that's because she was ranked there in the world, but I'm not sure exactly sure her seeding works in majors, but maybe that's why. Um, I'm so happy you just chose a tennis moment. 
of course, I got you. <laughs> and uh, and Coco Golf is she was kind of like known a little bit because she's one of those teen tennis sensations, but you know she's she's unranked. She wasn't supposed to beat or even compete with a nine Misaka type player, but she beat her in the Australian Open. I think it was the quarterfinal, I think, or like the round right before the quarterfinal. It was something uh, like the that. The third round. Yeah. Third round, which I, I, I'm not sure exactly what that is in a bracket. Yeah. But um, regardless, yeah. like that moment was so cool to see, you know, to see a 15-year-old girl beat the third-ranked player in the whole entire world was just so cool. And the emotions that, you know, she shared, it was it was a really good moment. And, you know, yeah. I think that, you know, she keeps it up. She can have a really good career for herself moving forward. So that was one of my favorite moments. The that was crazy second- to me because, sorry, that was crazy to me because just like, how quick Osaka got like unseated as the the next tennis prodigy because she right. beat Serena and then just such a quick turnaround like oh Coco Golf's the next big thing because she just beat Osaka. It was just yeah. like, you don't really have you don't really have that. I mean, I don't know. That's just, that's not that's pretty unusual to me. That was that was o- really cool. Osaka did destroy Golf a few months prior to that too, which was interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that was in the uh, was the U.S. Open maybe. It was like the yeah a few months before. Uh, like the most recent major, they faced off each other. Uh, Osaka killed Goff, so it was interesting to see that Goff turned it around the second time. Dang. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. I, something I did see was an article when I was looking up the Goff Osaka thing. I saw an article posted very recently about how women's t- women's tennis is lacking that superstar since Serena's you know is getting older and not as dominant. And there's a bunch of first-time major winners, so it's a lot of parity and it's lacking that one true star that I think the quote-unquote lower sports like a tennis or a golf i think they need that superstar to, to to have that prominence but you know that's just my opinion um anyway so the the next one i have is so i'm a big soccer fan um the next were actually soccer matches that i watched then i was just floored by the entire time so the first one was chelsea versus ajax in the uefa champions league uh group stage so for all those who don't know what the uefa's champions league is it's basically the best club soccer teams across the world put into one tournament, and the winner of the tournament is usually dubbed the best soccer team in the world because you beat the best of the best. Um, so Chelsea, my favorite soccer team there in London, played Ajax, which is a soccer team in the, in the Netherlands. And Ajax, they actually made it to the semifinals in 2018, and they're known for having really good young stars. And this team was full, like chock full of really good young talent. And Chelsea also has really good young talent led by a first year manager in Frank Lampard, who used to be um, a legend for the team. So Ajax, or sorry, so Chelsea actually was up um, 1-0 because Christian Pulisic, who's both of you hopefully should know, is one of the U.S. soccer team prodigy players. Um, He plays for Chelsea. He got a penalty and Chelsea scored the penalty. So it was 1-0 them. But then Ajax scored four straight goals after that, and it was 4-1 Chelsea, and everyone was like, okay, you know, same old Chelsea, they're all young, they're inexperienced, they're not that good, blah, blah, blah. And then out of nowhere, two of Ajax's players got sent off. Like, they got two red cards in literally a span of a minute. Like, one guy got a red (laughs) card, and then another guy got a red card. And so it was still 4-1 Ajax, but there was like 30 minutes left in the game. Sounds like the refs got paid. Yeah, no, that's like the UEFA even like had to issue an apology because the red cards were ridiculous. Like they, were, oh, they really? issued an apology. Yeah, they, they issued an apology to Ajax, <laughs> and Ajax was like, "We're not going to protest it. You know, take your apology and stuff it. We lost, whatever, whatever." Um, so anyway, it was like it was four one with like twenty five thirty minutes left, but Ajax only had nine men on the field compared to Chelsea still had their full squad, and Chelsea was down. For either 3-1 or 4-1 at half. I think they were already down 4-1 at half. And they made a substitute for one of the young players of Chelsea, like one of their academy young players. And he scored the game-tying goal to make it 4-4. And that was just insane. The whole crowd just erupted. I went berserk. I mean, I just <laughs> lost my mind. And the other, then Chelsea had their captain, their whole, the captain of the team, scored what people thought would be the winner. But they reviewed the goal and there was a handball. So all the excitement that came from this guy, the captain of the team scoring the game winning goal got all ripped away because there was a review and the goal got 
pushed away. So it was just a game full of emotions. <laughs> it was it was such an incredible game. So the game ended 4-4. So that's, that's fortunately, the only thing I don't like about soccer is ending in draws. But uh, it ended in a tie. What's your idea? If, if you could find another way to end a soccer game, what would it be? Is it penalty shootout or something else? Uh, say overtime doesn't work. I think it would depend on the circumstance. Like if it's like a regular season game, like just a, 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 like, uh, a, a Premier League game, I think that you could end the game going into... Um, God, yeah. penalty kicks is such a crapshoot. I like like doing one on one, like one v ones, like one guy and the keeper, where you can actually like go up against uh, each other and not just be a spot kick. So I think that's a cool idea, um, and that would actually that takes skill from both sides. You know, genuine skill. I think that's an option, um, or maybe just doing like I don't know, fifteen minutes of extra time and then doing penalty kicks after that. But um, I get the value of the draw. <laughs> I get the value of a draw in soccer because. The lesser teams, they they fight and claw for that draw for that one point against the bigger team. So I get the value of it, but maybe it's the Americanness in me that doesn't want to see a tie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I, I'm I'm not the guy to give the the explanation and how to fix the lack of the fixed draws in soccer. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's have a, an what American about? tell people how to fix soccer. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's not that's not my. That's what about my this? What about this? They move one of the goals up to half field. And they, they take it down to six players aside, and they just play oh, a little cute. mini game of soccer. That would be cool. That be? Yeah. Actually, that's kind of cool. I like that. Do like that's a little futsal like, uh, type thing. NHL does, but now it's making it smaller. We're just taking people off the ice. Yeah, yeah. I feel like with the pitch, it would be it would be way too big. With if you just took less people, yeah. took people off. That would be cool. That yeah, would be a nice novel similar. idea. Turn it into like a six yeah. aside match that you could see at the park between the best yeah. players yeah. in the world. The problem cool. is like you would you only have one goal box. That would be the only problem but yeah that'd be cool okay that's that's a, <laughs> that's a nice idea uh okay yeah. the la- last game for me and i've been talking a lot so i'll make this one short um was wolverhampton wanderers which is a team in the premier league against manchester city another team in the premier league so for background man city won the league the year before and they're pretty much widely regarded as the best team in the league um but they were struggling they were having such they're having a disappointing year to their standard and liverpool was the team that was rising and was like separating themselves from Man City and the rest of the pack. And Man City really needed this game to keep pace with Liverpool. And they were they, they looked like they were going to win this game because they were up 2-0 on Wolverhampton. And then one of their guys got a red card. And Wolverhampton scored three goals in around, I don't know, 30 minutes, like another similar comeback. And they won the game. Um, and it was just absolutely, it was bonkers to watch that game from start to finish. The crowd went nuts. I mean, the guy who scored the, the game-winning goal, um, or sorry, the game-tying goal, has turned into one of my favorite players in the whole world. Uh, his name is Adama Traore. Y'all should look him up. This man's calves are the size of tree trunks. Like, this his guy calves is... calves are? His... His, his calves are no sorry his thighs excuse me i'm sure his calves are gigantic too but this okay sorry this man's thighs are like the size of tree trunks like he is that is a built human Can being you spell and this he, man's name adama a-d-a-m-a traore t-r-a-o-r-e wasn't there like he's a just war player named traore that yeah there's a bunch of traores but he actually he actually yeah. plays for the spanish national team but he's well, turned into a unit yeah Oh my yeah, lord! Yeah, cute. yeah. This guy's gigantic. This is soccer. Yes. He's like a rugby dude. I know, right? Like this guy is massive. He is. A, this guy's is just a very muscular human being, and he plays soccer, one of the more "quote unquote" delicate sports where you have to be use finesse and all that stuff. But he just the goal he scored, by the way, to tie the game was he basically took the ball from a dude in midfield and he just ran down the pitch and hit one from outside the box into the bottom corner. It was filthy. And then the goal that he, he set up the goal to tie the game, he basically just uses brute strength to muscle the guy off the ball and threw it across and the guy finished the cross and the whole crowd just went nuts. I mean, if you if you want to see insane crowd reactions, search the Wolverhampton Man City game. It was such a, it was so cool. So, yeah. Those Wait, are my three. Wolverhampton is team aren't the wolves or the wanderers yes oh yeah there's, there's another team oh yeah there's another team the called wolves. wolves isn't there maybe 
Or am I making that up? No, okay, I think you just mind. assumed the same thing I did, which is that they were just called the Wolves. But they're the I Wanderers. Think, yeah. I, I think yeah. you are just assuming the same thing, too. Yeah, but they're the Wolverhampton and Wanderers. It's a name. Lacina Triori, I forgot, used to be like my favorite player to play with in FIFA, Cote d'Ivoire. He's 6'8". Yeah, something yeah. 6'8", yeah. striker. Something about that yeah, name yeah. just yeah. brings out freaks. I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah the, the Triori name him. is pretty famous him. in soccer. Um they, yeah. There's a bunch of good charterers across the world, apparently. Yeah. Um, kind of like Dembele's. There's like six different Dembele's who are just insanely good. I don't know. It's, it's weird. But, okay, yeah. those are my three. I've talked a lot. Go, go ahead, Greg. Okay, Um. so I have three also. Two that are pretty mainstream and then one that's a little bit less well-known. Um, so the first one was Joe Burrow throwing seven TDs in the... Uh, Throwing seven TDs and rushing for another one in yeah. the semifinal against Oklahoma, uh, which was just, I think he threw like five in the first half or something. I don't know. Um, that was just an absolute statement that, like, he's he's the Heisman. He deserves it. It, yep. it was just, he had best player in the country, best team in the country. It was just a huge statement. And it was yeah. also great because... Uh, our friend Zach is an Oklahoma fan, and every 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 year they just dominate <laughs> dominate all year, and then prove time and time again that they do not belong with the big boys at all. Sports so that is was as fantastic. Much, sports is as much about watching your friends' teams lose than it is about your team winning. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Um, Especially okay. Zach, who's so cocky about his Oklahoma. <laughs> no, he's pretty down on Oklahoma. Honestly, he. I, he oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I'm playing sorry. well, he's he's loving it, but. He he knows what they do, and they just cave when they come up against SEC teams every year. That's um, second one was uh, recently LeBron beating Giannis and Kawhi in the same weekend. Mm. Um, so for the stat lines in those games, LeBron put up a total of 65, 17 assists, 16 rebounds, 19 of 38 from the field, 24 of 29 from the free throw line, Jesus. and was plus 15. And Giannis and Kawhi good. combined put up 59, 13, and 8 on combined. 19 of 39. Yeah, in those two games. On 19 of 39 from the field, 18 of 22 from the free throw line, and they were minus 28. Jesus. Um, so, I mean, just for LeBron to do that in a season where he's kind of turning back the clock and to do it so late in the season against his two main you know, contenders for best player in the world was pretty incredible to me. Um, yep. So, last one. Do y'all know who Pat Spencer is? Connor, you might know who this is. Pat Spencer? Sounds like a beer. Pat. Pat Spencer. <laughs> oh. P-A-T. Pat Spencer. No. Yeah. Um, so, he went to... He's from Baltimore, the Baltimore area. Went to Loyola, Maryland. Played lacrosse there for four years. Um, four-time All-American. Won the, mm. you know, the equipment of the Heisman his senior year. He's considered by many people to be the best lacrosse player of all time. Um, Damn. And he's first all-time in assists and second in points in NCAA history. Um, so incredible lacrosse player. In high school, he was also an excellent basketball player. This is more of a sports story than a moment it's the whole season. But high school, he's also an excellent basketball player. So he wanted to play both, but those seasons – um, overlap, but after his freshman year of lacrosse, he was like, "I'm gonna play basketball at some point. Like, I've got to play basketball at some point." So after his, he finishes his senior year, he somehow gets a fifth year of el- eligibility, or just one year of eligibility, I guess, from the NCAA to play basketball. Transfers to Northwestern, a, a D1 program, playing basketball. Um, you know, the coach takes him on because he has people calling him, being like, "This guy's an incredible athlete. Like he's hard worker, great in the locker room. Like you'll love him." And like he calls the coach, and the coach just like absolutely falls in love with him. Um, and this guy not only was playing D1 basketball for a terrible Northwestern team, but it was D1 basketball. And he averaged, he put up 10, 4, and 4 for the season. So he was like an important player on a D1 basketball team this year. Um, which I, that's just incredible. He'd been playing, you know, church league and intramurals for four years. And then he just goes straight into D1 basketball and that is a double digit amazing. scorer. Yeah, that is. That's, that's stupid. So yeah, that's that's my last one. So those are my best of the year for me. Okay, good. Yeah, those are. That is a cool story. And it's a good thing, uh, note to end on as well as for any listeners. If you ever get a chance to go to a pro lacrosse game, which 
you know, I think it has to be a board to go do it, but apparently <laughs> you can pretty much go to them and drink for free because they just need people to show up to them, so it's a day drinking activity. Yeah, that's those, true. Those players get paid very little. Yeah. Like someone's <laughs> like, this guy could be playing, making a career in pro lacrosse right now. It's like he'd be pay- making like $8,000 a year. Or <laughs> Wait, seriously? Yeah, they all have second it's, jobs. It's like the number one pick. It might be more than that. It might be like 15000 or something, but it's very low. Damn. Wow. A lot of them are, a lot of them are bankers, actually, which makes sense. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, it does make sense. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Okay. Well, great. Well, Grant, I appreciate appreciate your three. Connor, I know you didn't like have a list or anything, but do you have any moments from the year that you appreciated at all? No. Or are no. you just a, just a grim, glum sports fan who doesn't like happiness? I just live so in the moment. I can't look back on things like you guys do. <laughs> so. You did tap so. into your emotional side of yourself, Connor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> on that happy note, I, you know, I, I really appreciate all y'all listening. And I think, I think it's been a good episode. You know, talked on, touched on a lot of NBA stuff going on. You know, talked about the draft and MLB draft as well. Gave some, you know, more lighthearted stuff, some positives about the 2019-2020 season. And, you know, I thought it was a great episode. Y'all, y'all, y'all enjoy yourselves a little bit? Yeah, I always have fun talking to you boys. Good. All right. Well. It's so soft. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, until, until next time. Connor hopefully. cried at Silky's when I left, when I graduated college. So let's just point that out. There was a huge dust that went in my eye. all right well it seems like we had a really good episode so far and we talked all about a lot of really cool things you know talked about the nba season um the the cancellation of the season and the the future of it moving forward um you know how it affects the nba draft nba free agency um you know also talked about the some positive things some some good things about the good things about the 2019 2020 season and hopefully, hopefully y'all like my name suggestions because, you know, like I said, I felt bad. You know, y'all had good names. I didn't have jack shit. And hopefully I made up for that. Um, but, you know, until next time, it's, it's uh, me, Francis Carlotta. We didn't even introduce ourselves. Me, Francis Carlotta, Grant Hackinger, Connor Byrne on the podcast that will be named, podcast to be named later because we don't have a name currently. But, you know, maybe next time. But everybody stay safe, Maybe wash your time. hands. Maybe next time. But uh, everybody stay safe, wash your hands, stay inside. Be careful, you know, try your best just to survive through this whole difficult time. Um, but yeah, until next time, peace, everybody. All right, bye, guys. Cool days, hot tops, when my blue face, ice pops. I'm going to make a shoelace, necklace, yeah, we whipping pop so. Lexus, and I'm skipping school days, mic drops, eyes on summer like Cyclops, yeah we falling off the sidewalk, mama wants a home for